Welcome to Geekstrom, uh, the podcast that's more likely to enjoy the originals than the remakes. Um, that might be me talking for Anthony, uh, but I, well, I guess we'll see in the next couple of minutes here whether or not this was enjoyed. Uh, I'm your host, Frankie, and with me, as always, is... Anthony! Hello! Hello! How yeah, are yeah. you? How are, how are you, Frankie? I'm, you know, living the dream. Oh, that's what we all say when we're not <laughs> living the dream. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not a good dream, but it is uh. a dream, nonetheless. Um, and yeah, today we're going to be talking about Aladdin. Uh, it just came out last Thursday. Both of us got to see it. We have some thoughts. Uh, here are some, here's some information about Aladdin. Uh, it was originally announced in 2016 uh, after the Jungle Book live-action remake that they did. Uh, air quotes live-action, you know, because it's still heavily CG. Uh, but, you know, it did pretty well. It made Disney a decent amount of money. Uh, endeared Jon Favreau even further into the uh, the Disney sphere. Um, so they decided, yeah, let's go with Aladdin. Um, but interestingly enough, they decided they were going to have Guy Ritchie uh, be the director. And uh, you guys should probably know Guy Ritchie most from Snatch uh, but he was also he came onto the scene with a movie called Hard Case, you know, Lock, Stock Two Smoking Barrels, very much the the guy that kind of brought us Jason Statham uh, did a lot of stuff and most recently people would probably know uh, his Sherlock Holmes movies that he did with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I, I thought you were uh, going to talk about the one with Will Ferrell like, <laughs> No, God, one? oh <laughs> That was the worst. Oh, that is one of the worst movies that I've ever seen in my life. I, I haven't was, seen it, and I don't play. Don't. On it. Yeah. Like it's not even like a hate watch type situation. Really? It's not even like a terrible movie Tuesday. It's just it's like clearly they needed to either like contractually make a movie for like the studio's budget or something like that, or someone owed someone a favor because it was just a pile of horse shit that clearly no one cared about. Um, which was which is a huge bummer because I was expecting it to be like. The third part of the uh, um, Will Ferrell and uh, what's his name? John C. Riley, like trilogy of like idiots. Yeah, because like Um, I love the two of them, so I was like, oh, that'll probably be really funny. Like Step Brothers, Step Brothers, hilarious. Talladega Nights. And I did. I everything I saw was terrible. Like it's not even like classic movie review terrible. Like people that I respect, like you, said it was terrible. Oh, well. Wow, what a compliment sandwich there. How about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, don't see that one. But the I really like the Guy Ritchie, Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock's. I think that they're fun. Um, and let's see. So, yeah, this is part of this, like, new, you know, reimagining of a lot of the Disney classics for a modern generation. Uh, also, some people have speculated that their uh, holds on trademarks and stuff are kind of running out, so they have to do uh, this yeah, with they, these movies. Milk what they can, yeah. Right. Um, who knows? Because we've got a Lion King movie coming out, and that's a John Favreau one. He probably got that greenlit as soon as uh, Jungle Book did a certain amount of dollars. Um, they've been talking about Cinderella. They've been talking about Little Mermaid. So yeah, wouldn't be surprising real, if the we. The real thing is uh, Hunchback. I mean, come on. Yes. I, no, I, I think they, they announced that on my birthday, I think. Um, oh, I wow. I was super excited. I was at work. And I can't think of a better present for I you. I know. And I got a text and it was um, one of my friends, Kate, and she was like, hey, uh, 
Josh uh, Gad is doing a live action Hunchback, and I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'm not working anymore today. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited because, as we all know, Hunchback is the best Disney movie. It's science. Science. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all the, uh, the particulars. So just straight up. Did you like this movie? Did I? Um, yeah, I liked it. I don't know if I loved it. I need to rewatch it. I liked it better than Beauty and the Beast though. I, I, I agree with you because I completely forgot to put that in my little spiel there. Uh, another live action remake, uh, that I completely 100% forgot about. better off being forgotten about. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Beauty and the Beast. I don't want to, like, say I didn't like it, but, I, yeah. I, like, I don't know. It didn't have, like, the heart and the soul for me. And I'll, I'll get into that a, right. in, in a bit, too, about Aladdin and why mm-hmm. I'll always prefer 2D animation, but. For sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I liked Aladdin a lot. Um, I think it did a good job, like, overall, it just did a good job bringing you know that you know 2d to life uh but what, what about you i'm i'm curious now well so it's interesting that you said um that it was lacking heart and that you know that there was uh things that were kind of lost in the translation from uh you know kind of traditional animation to like uh live action with assisted CG um, and that a, a lot of Beauty and the Beast was pretty cool and enjoyable, but they made some choices where it was clearly like, I'm, I'm not sure if that was the best way to do it. And I, that's how I felt through almost the, the entirety of this movie. Um, it, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty charming um, and pretty corny, which is, yeah, but it was like you know, the right was, amount of corny. I thought, yeah, it's like what it's it's basically the same way that I would describe Will Smith. Like this was Will Smith in movie form. Like there was stuff in here that's just like I I you know, huge smile on my face, enjoying what was going on, and then other things would happen to be like, you know, cringe a little bit. But, you know, ultimately at the end of it I was like, I did not not enjoy myself. Um I wouldn't run out to see it again in theaters, uh, but it definitely would be something whenever it ends up on Disney Plus or whatever that yeah, I, I would not be Netflix, opposed to. And I was like, oh wait, <laughs> right, nope. right. Um, so how familiar are you with the original Aladdin? Not very. Ninety two Aladdin. Um, not very. I know, like I should have. I didn't watch it before. Um, I mm-hmm. know that I liked it a lot more than like a lot of other Disney movies, like even the original. Right. Um, like I, it's Aladdin is so much different than everything else like disney's really made because i mean yeah you've got like a couple of talking animals but um (laughs) but like no i mean it's everything about agrabah is like the world is completely different it's it's a whole new world (laughs) um (laughs) i yeah i didn't mean to set that up but oh right you kind of stumbled into that one no but like it really is because like i mean you've got beauty and the beast my favorite hunchback um, but you've got like a lot of the other, uh, frozen, um, and I think like with the exception of jungle book and Tarzan, most of the movies that Disney makes are like centered around this like sort of European setting. 
and right. Agrabah and Aladdin and like it takes place in a made up you know version of like India Pakistan sort of that region right and like so, Middle East to South Asian yeah. somewhere in there I think um I read something that Agrabah was supposed to be like the midway point of the Silk Road oh yeah um, that, that makes so, sense so that it kind of you know which was it didn't really come through in the animation as well but you could definitely tell in the casting of this movie they tried to make it you know you get a lot of different skin tones and you know accents and stuff in this movie which i think was something they really really tried to focus on and show like the the multicultural aspect of what agrabah was supposed to be which you know when it was an animated feature and you're spending the majority of your time with like three or four characters those are going to be basically the only characters that you notice and see. Um, so as as an adaptation of, uh, you know, Aladdin, you know, is part of the, uh, the what is it? Thou- it's Tales? God, I forgot the name the of it. The Thousand and One Nights? Yeah, yeah, that one. It's like, you know, it's part of that, you know, whole mythos there. Uh, so the 92 Aladdin was an adaptation of sorts, uh, kind of took a little bit of this, a little bit of that from a couple, you know, more than a few of those, a thousand and one tales. Yeah. A lot less um, gruesome. <laughs> yes. A lot less yeah. gruesome. Um, ultimately really fun, you know, definitely a vehicle that was driven almost entirely by Robin Williams as a genie. Uh, but some really, really beautiful songs, um, some really fun ideas in it. Like, um, I loved Abu. Abu was one of my favorite things in the original oh, Aladdin. I, was say, I thought in the original that, or in this one. This one it tapered it tapered off a little bit, um, but in the original Abu uh, was See, just I, I was so great. an Iago fan. <laughs> you're 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 a Gilbert Godfrey I fan. I love him. Have you heard him <laughs> reading Fifty Shades of Grey? No, it is uh, a gift. That <laughs> it is wonderful. <laughs> I'm gonna dodge that. Uh, I trust you. Like, I'm gonna just think. <laughs> and I light, I, go, I light up every time. Well, what was funny about that is I think they had Alan Tudyk or Tydyk. I never know how to say his last name, but you know he was a K two S O in Rogue One. Yeah, Washington um, Firefly. Yeah, he, he's he's been in a lot of stuff, um, and I it kind of seemed to me like they forgot that Iago talked as much and so forgot to kind of bring the lines in during the making of the movie and really had it happen like last minute because the, the interactions between the this live action movie Jafar and Iago are definitely limited and 100%, almost 100% just like literally parroting things back. Parroting, uh, okay. What's it thought? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, which which was a little bit of a bummer because that was part of the charm of the original one. Like you had the kind of slapstick, you know, one hundred balls to the wall comedy of Robin Williams, and then you had the more kind of dry, stand up, sarcasticy Godfrey. Uh, and those were like the two. Really, the movie was like an interchange between the two of them because like Aladdin and Jafar and Jasmine, they move the story along, but it's basically. You're going in between a couple of different comedic moments between these two characters, um, and yeah, that was without missing. there being, yeah, that was 100 yeah. percent missing. And like, I I didn't pick up on this, but one of the people I had seen it with, hi Emma, she had said, um, like, 
in in the original, you know, uh, Iago talks a lot, and when mm-hmm. other people look at him, he, you know, he's like he pretends to be a bird, right? <laughs> and like I, I wish like we had had. I didn't. I don't remember that because I'm, you know, forgetful. But like I wish we had something kind of like that. But yeah, because like Iago is just like a stand. Now he's just like in the new one. He's just kind of like there. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. It was like we need to have him in the movie because if we don't, people will complain. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're going to give him as little to do as possible. Which was also, I also thought that they were not going to have Nala in it. Wait, sorry. Wait, it's Nala. Going going forward into time when I've already seen The Lion King. Yeah, Nala's not in The Lion (sighs) King either. They they had to cut her out. Who am I thinking of? What's Uh, the, the tiger's name? Raja. There you go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and close. That was there was two A's in there. Yeah, but the thing the thing is like the animals in the movie. I mean, besides, uh, like they didn't feel like they had like a soul, any kind of personality. Yeah, and whatsoever. that's why I'm yeah, kind of was... worried about the Lion King too. Because like, yeah, it's yeah. good that they look realistic. Like, it's good that they're you know using the the budget that Game of Thrones should have used on Ghost. <laughs> um, to right. to make like these animals like look incredible because like they really do but like yeah. I don't know they like in the in the animation like it's a lot easier to do it in two D um mm-hmm. to make like a tiger like smiling and rolling his eyes and all of that right um well I guess that's that's kind of the inherent pitfall right yeah of that transition so you have to really make sure that the humans that are in this movie are kind of picking up the slack because a lot of the slapstick or, you know, uh, tangential interactions that you would normally have with the animal characters or, you know, through the genie doing crazy stuff aren't going to be there. Not that Will Smith genie did not do crazy stuff, but it's lessened. Um, So the people that, you know, Aladdin and Jasmine and Jafar have to really kind of pick up the slack and, I will say uh, that I thought that the actors that played Aladdin and Jasmine were great. Uh, very well cast. They did a good job. They had good chemistry. I thought Jafar sucked so oh, bad. Okay. All right. Good. Um, because I kind of agree. Um, <laughs> yes. I and it was it was so funny because like he got he got was one of the characters that got the most pub prior to the movie coming out, and it was basically just because he was hot. Um, and I was just like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, Maybe like, we'll get a cool, so dreadfully boring. Yes, and like, he, like, and he had more motive. He had more reason to have motivation in the movie than anyone. Uh, and he seemed the least ready to, like, you know, return a call to action. It was wild yeah, like, for them to. I don't know. My my thing with Jafar was, I don't remember if like just being powerful like was his only motivation in the first one because like i I can't remember too much but like i I mean there was so much that you could have worked with worked with in the context of this new movie to make him like fantastic Mm -hmm. like you could have had him wanting to marry jasmine just because she was hot whatever you could have had him wanting to like go to war with one of the neighboring countries, which, I mean, like, they, they did point out that, like, he would do that, but, like, right. you could have given them a reason for that, or, like, right. I don't know, it, it just felt like he was like, I need to have power, and I didn't really care for his voice either, by the way. 
Yeah. Um, yep. Because, like, he was just kind of, like, too obvious a villain. And it was, like... Right. It, like, I don't know. Like, I, like, the way that the original Jafar was drawn was, like, he just looked like someone who was, like, smooth and, like, you know, you right. can see how he, like, snuck his way to the top. Whereas, like, this guy is, like okay, he's a good-looking guy, but he's, like, mm-hmm. a petulant child with a bird that sometimes talks. And it's like, okay. Right. I don't know. I didn't care for uh, Jafar. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with what he was given for material, maybe. But yeah, it just yeah. it didn't sell it for me. And I think, like, he didn't even... I don't think he got a song, did he? No, okay. and I I don't remember him having one in the original yeah, either. Which um, is kind of a shame, but right, like, but I mean, trying to see the guy that Elo, at least in this role, had so little charisma. Thinking about him trying to pull off a song uh, is gut wrenching. So I'm glad yeah, that, that they did not do that at I, all. I mean, I um, I think you know now that we're kind of segueing into music. I think the only one who was actually really good was Naomi Scott as Jasmine. Yes. Um, yeah. I think who, she's the only one that seemed like she could actually sing, yeah. and that's and that's even having Will Smith in the movie, yeah, God who is a recording Smith, artist. He was not uh, that oh great of a singer. I yes. thought he was a great genie, though. Yeah, great genie. Like, um, he should not have. Before we move on lights. from music, though. I want to ask you what you thought about this made for this movie song uh, that Naomi Scott sang. Her uh, oh, uh, won't speechless. remain speechless. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was better yeah. than like eighty percent of the movie. <laughs> like no, like she's so, she's good. Yeah, yeah. no, um, the song itself, her you know, performing it at two different parts of the movie and it kind of coming together as a whole and everything. Um, great. The thing that I kind of was wondering about it, and it was one of those things where I'm trying to put myself in other people's shoes, is like I could see this type of song resonating with young girls so much, um, you know, like on the level of, you know, let it go yeah, and everything. Say, that's kind of how it felt. Um, right. Um, so much so that it kind of felt like it was from a completely different movie, but that's totally fine. I would rather her have a song than not have it. Yeah, like, um, it felt like they wrote that song before they even made the movie. Right. Uh, it did feel lyrical content-wise for an older discerning crowd. It was a little on the nose uh, with the messaging. Um, and I just kind of wonder like, what the enjoyment of that song uh, kind of breaks down between like demographics age-wise. Like, I feel like little girls would totally be singing this, but older women would be like, that's the song they gave her to sing? Okay, I mean, that's fine. Um, and that was just my take on it. Nothing against the song itself. It sounded great. Felt a little out of place. Yeah, but I, I mean, felt... I don't know, like, how... I mean, I don't think you're going to get too many, you know, little boys going around singing Speechless, but... Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe you will, I don't know. But uh, I, I think the song was definitely... I don't want to say, like, one of those things that's clearly, like, a political stance right but it kind of is and i'm okay with that i love that kind of stuff yeah totally like i I don't know it just didn't feel like i don't want to say it didn't it didn't feel it didn't feel diagenic so like 
there was nothing uh in like the pacing and the music or any of like the beats that felt like they fit for what was going on at that moment and that it fit within the rest of the songs in the entire movie uh and again totally fine and sometimes you just got to make you know when you have an intent to make this type of statement uh you just kind of do it wherever you can and i totally get that but it did feel a little bit tonally different and that's really the only thing that i want to reference when it comes to that i didn't mind the song at all and if it's something that pisses off people are like oh this what is this like a feminist movie now it's like sure fuck it who cares yeah let it be a feminist has always been a feminist like even from from the original again i i can't talk about how much i remember but Mm -hmm. like at one point they were trying to like sell her and she she had a whole thing about not being someone to be sold and like i don't know like if you don't if you think disney is feminist or socially progressive now then you haven't been watching any of their movies for the past well okay fantasia doesn't count but (laughs) but like since like beauty and uh the original beauty and the beast or like even before then like all of those movies are like politically socially charged like on the left um right i mean again we're going to my favorite movie hunchback of notre dame like the whole thing is about uh I mean, the book is different, but the Disney version is about, like, treating immigrants with respect and showing love and how hardcore religious uh, zealotry is awful. But, like, these have been themes forever. And I think now that people are up in arms for whatever reason, you know, about it promoting this and that, like, all right, well, then don't watch any of the other movies because it's there. It's just so much easier now to to get angry about things, but that's okay. We're here to talk about fun things. Yeah, like Um, Aladdin, which is a fun movie. Like Aladdin, who I guess we should, I guess, talk about Aladdin. Uh, I believe his name is Mina Mossad, I want to say, something along those lines. I don't want to get it wrong because I I don't actually know. Like, I can't remember. We'll say that those are definitely, that's definitely near his name. I've never heard anyone say it out loud, Uh, but... He was incredibly handsome dude. Great smile that guy has. He looks like a um, Yeah, he does. And, like, he had the type of physicality that you would expect an Aladdin to have. He moved like Aladdin moved in the movies, you know. So getting that to kind of come across in an enjoyable way was something that I was really happy with. Uh, not a great singer. No, no. Um, um, and not even, definitely not a great lip syncer either. No, like, he was good uh, at parkour, but... Right, right. Well, the thing is, like, even with the music, and I, I, I didn't actually see. I'm pretty sure he did. Alan, if Alan Menken did the music, because um, mm-hmm. he does the music for everything, and he's wonderful. But like, uh, that scene where he's like doing parkour with uh, Jasmine and in the street, right. I was like, what is he saying? Right. I, I'm like, well, I don't know what he's saying right now. And it, right. it wasn't like, I don't know if it was in the theater I was in or not, but like the sound quality was kind of all over the place, even with like the fir- like Arabian Nights, which right. is one of my favorite Disney songs. And it was like, oh, Will, what are you doing, man? Right. Yeah, that was that was bad. Um, so basically all of the songs 
outside of Naomi Scott's song and her part in Whole New World, uh, felt like kind of, felt like bad karaoke, um, and didn't seem to be tracked correctly. So it was like almost like it was off. So and you made a really good point about like not knowing what he was saying in the um, you know, riff raff street rat song when he was running yeah, around with yeah, Jasmine. Because like, I don't know if it was a sound design team kind well, of messing around or not because like it is hard to do that i get it but like the yeah like, i'm hearing buildings crashing and like stuff getting knocked around and i'm hearing that over the voice of the people singing right and i'm just like what like i what is he what did he i felt like an old man right I was like what did that well, young boy say just now i think it has a I, and you know especially coming off of five weeks of game of thrones podcasts and everything where we could explain away a lot of our quibbles with shortened season you know clearly these people didn't want to be doing this anymore all that um a lot of the weirdness that shows up in this movie can be pretty easily explained by this works in 2d this doesn't work in 3d so having someone run around and sing a song uh when they're the only person in frame or they're moving across the frame and your entirety of your vision is just locked completely on them, works so much better than having someone lip sync while they're running through a crowd shot. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't work as well. And some animated movies that'll get translated will work better because they're shot, like, music videos almost. Like, if you think about Be Our Guest, you know, that'll work. You can do that with live-action actors and add in the cg and that'll work fine because that's like a legit music video and but the way that they shot it for this live action aladdin it was like you know it might as well have been the scene from the beginning of casino royale with james bond like that's (laughs) the way it was shot but then they were also singing it's like if you imagine trying to track james bond singing i don't know uh singing like acapella benny hill or something like that like it just it wouldn't work and that was part of the reason that this didn't work as well. And what sucks is that outside of the um, Never Had a Friend Like Me song, that was basically how they all were. Um, so the Prince Ali song, same problems, same weirdness. Yeah, I think Prince Ali was like a lot better than... It was like probably like oh, yeah. the top four or five of the like songs in there, though. Right. And I think a lot of that had to do with... like the visual aspect of it because oh the yeah choreography and the dancing was outstanding right um yeah look this this movie you know to be fair you know of all of these relative criticisms that were you know launching at this movie that we both genuinely liked uh yeah i know we're, the, we're just like oh i like the movie <laughs> but here are 50 reasons right. why it sucked right it's uh it it looks fantastic like the costume design alone on this movie it is out of this world it's just really incredible all the sets look fantastic and they really did a good job of like layering in a fine layer of cg where you know besides the animals which are clearly cg and the genie which was clearly cg like all of the backgrounds that were assisted like you know seeing agrabah from a distance or seeing it you know from like somewhere inside the city but there um it's just really really incredible really beautiful and vibrant and it kind of takes the the mysticism that i don't think was really present in the original animated one and kind of ratchets it up and kind of makes it seem 
like a much more interesting place to be. Like Agrabah in the 92 was like, it had a really cool dome at the top of the palace. Yeah. But, like, but besides one, that, it was like, yeah, like this one just felt you know, more like an organic place that yes. you could visit. Just really awesome from the port to the actual palace itself. Yeah. And like, just I, really, really great. I like, I loved like all of that. And, uh, like even the scene where like in the beginning when they're in the market and, uh, Jasmine stole like a loaf of bread and like you see like all the people like pushing into each other and I was like oh right. this is like really I, I like that um, mm-hmm. but like the thing I didn't like uh, was outside of Agrabah the cave of wonders I didn't <laughs> like the panther like lion whatever cave yeah um, I think they needed subtitles for that because I didn't know what it was saying and am I right. alone in that, or am I just old? Uh, I think just because he said basically the exact same lines, yeah. Um, from the original, I just is kind of like I'm programmed to know exactly what to say. So even though it sounded like, yeah, I, I was like, oh, you're saying diamond in the rough and all that stuff. Like I, I get it. I know what you're saying. It's the same dude, by the way. Oh, really? Same cave voice. How about that? That that's quite an IMDb profile. <laughs> I played <laughs> Put the that cave in the facts, in guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and I kind of, in the original, it just kind of pops up out of the sand because of some crazy jeweled beetle thing, which I'm like, okay, I understand why they didn't do that. Um, but having it just be like kind of a, a cave that anyone can go to if they just know where it is, uh, was kind of strange considering that, you know, it housed the genie's lamp, which is pretty important. Yeah. Like it's not exactly Uh, wonderful if, (laughs) you know, it's right. You can go. Like any asshole it's a little strange. take an Uber to like the Cave of Wonders. Right. But, uh, you know, that's a pretty good segue into some genie talk. Yeah. Uh, so we got Will Smith, uh, you know, taking on the role made famous by Robin Williams. That's a huge, just, yeah, you know, huge genie Hercul- shoes. Herculean yeah. task. Just, uh, but he, I think he did a really good job. He definitely made it his own. He definitely had like, you know, stereotypical gay best friend energy um for a lot of the movie uh which was really interesting considering uh how we we're introduced to him at the beginning of the movie uh and his subsequent dalliances throughout uh but there's definitely like um early on it was like um like it almost felt like i was watching clueless uh, it, was, it was quite interesting <laughs> oh like when he's like dressing um, him up and like stuff like right that. Yeah. but even like you know when he's like looking at him and he has his his hands in his face in his hands, like kind of like almost like he's got, you know, he's watching uh, TV and writing in a, you know, the burn book or something like that. Um, but ultimately, like besides the never had a friend like me being kind of another aspect of Will Smith, you can do your rap stuff, but don't sing, please. Uh, but that whole sequence was really, really incredible because that was. I mean, that's my favorite part of Aladdin in the original Aladdin is the whole Cave of Wonders post, uh, you know, stealing the jewel out of the monkey's hands. Um, That whole sequence is fucking rad. And, you know, it it wasn't I still enjoy the animated one better, but it was great. I really, really liked it. I think like when so like my first when when Genie first showed up, like on the boat in the beginning, I was like. Oh, okay. This is cool. Right. And then, uh, 
Heath. Did you do you know what that? Do you know what that's in reference to? Uh, him on the boat. Yeah. So, uh, in the original, there is the dude that sings Arabian Nights at the beginning. Yeah, the little uh, Um, merchant guy. Yeah, and it was always theorized by fans that that was the genie at a different time telling the story back. So it was so so funny that like you know that's what they decided to start the movie with. It's just like a like a fan theory brought to life, which I thought I, was I like that. really, I, really cool. I had no idea, and now I like yep. it ten times more. But I still <laughs> don't like the song uh, that he yes. Will Smith version. His version, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not, but like, not good. Uh, so I was already kind of put off. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. But then uh, when he showed up, the blue CGI, I was like, oh, God, he looks horrifying. But like, if, I was like a, if I was like a little kid, that would probably scare me. Right. Um, but I think like after he did like never had a friend like me and then he just, then he started to really come into his own and I thought he was fantastic. I thought right. when the movie wasn't trying to recreate anything Robin Williams did, it was great. Right. So like the scenes where Jeannie is like Will Smith in normal clothes, I thought he was at his best. Yeah. Especially when they were in the palace after the whole Prince Ali thing had already happened, that that was some some really really good stuff. Uh, and when he's flirting with the the Saint Pedrad. yes, yeah. it's it's just so good, so so funny. I I really enjoyed all basically all of the genie stuff. Um, yeah, let me see. Well, it didn't feel like he was copying Robin Williams though. Like right. that's why. Like it, it felt like he was just doing his own thing, and. Except, except for a few times, and I want to ask you about this, um, and it might might have registered a little bit different to you having not, you know, like the firmest memory of the, the animated version, but there were about six to maybe eight times in the movie where th- this was a pretty true-to-form adaptation, but it wasn't word-for-word, word, right? It wasn't beat-for-beat. Beat. Uh, but every now and again, at certain moments in the movie they made sure that the way that they were saying a thing mimicked the animated movie exactly uh so like the uh like uh, an example is the itty bitty living space that whole thing um you know when you're in lamp uh, you know ultimate cosmic power itty bitty living space um they did that a few times with a few different lines and it was so blatant that the like the people that were on camera at the time might as well have turned to the camera and just winked <laughs> real quick. Uh, did you notice that, or am I um, just no, being too I, critical? I kind of did. Like, like I knew that line because uh, I also remember it was like in Kingdom Hearts, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Ah, um, there you go. But like, I mean, I I kind of let stuff like that go because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like. The, the the crew like you know the the people making the film they have to have fun too like and i think that's right. kind of their way of like nodding and winking at the audience and kind of mm-hmm. breaking the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall that's a good way to look at it yeah which they didn't actually do as much as i was expecting like there was yeah uh, i thought genie would be doing that a lot yeah so and i, I was fine with it you know like uh in, in a post deadpool world where uh that's been done to death at this point i think uh it's okay for it not to be present in every everything that's got a level of comedy to it. Um, the only other 
I think the thing that I criticize the most, and I also want to get your take on this to see if you if you notice this the way that I did, um, with some of the singing sequences, definitely some of the action sequences, um, it was almost like when you have people do fight choreography and they're not that good at it, they're not like trained combat fighters, uh what you'll do generally is like take them through the steps and have them do it and then speed the entire thing up so that it looks like it's happening quickly yeah but it gives it that like usually tell when it's right um so there was something there's some film technique that i've been trying to figure out the term for uh that guy Ritchie has used in a couple other movies and everything that's usually to you know explain some kind of internal frenetic pace that a person is you know experiencing while they're doing whatever it is they're doing um and they did it a couple times the one that was the most blatant was when they were having uh the dance uh after the prince ali scene uh at the party at night um yeah where like break dancing yeah and it happened during the never had a friend like me sequence too um it was basically it was very dance heavy but also some of the action sequences were shot this way where it was like those people were, I don't know, like on angel dust and were just fucking flying through their sequences, but everyone else was going at normal speed and it made it that much more blatant. And I couldn't figure out why they decided to do that because it's just something that like, I, I almost kind of giggled at as opposed to just like enjoying it as like maybe a funny thing or like a cool thing. Uh, what was your take on that? Yeah. I, uh, like, I noticed a lot of it, and, uh, I mean, maybe I just didn't, I don't say I didn't care enough, but, like, I was like, eh, it's a kid's right. movie. Like, that's what we have to remember, too. Like, these are kids' movies. That's true. You know? And, uh, like. That is very true. You know, if the kids are, like, the, the kids are going to be watching, like, all the extras. Like, they're going to be watching Aladdin. They're going to be watching Jazz. Like, the, you know, uh. But, like, it did kind of annoy the shit out of me that, like, he was breakdancing <laughs> so fast. Right. <laughs> After, like, I don't know. But I thought. Aside from that, like, I thought the dancing was great. I think, like, it felt oh, a yeah. lot like a Bollywood movie. and Yeah, there's definitely yeah. – that definitely kind of filtered through, which I, I was definitely something that they were uh, trying to make happen. They were definitely uh, – I can't – I don't I'm struggling to find the word that I want to say. Um, not direct, but – They're trying to, like, emulate purposeful. what a Bollywood movie would look like if Disney right. made it. Right, exactly. And, I mean, um, I, I, I guess they, they succeeded in that. I haven't seen enough Bollywood movies to know. Well, yeah, at points they definitely did. Like it was clear what they were trying to mimic, and and they succeeded in that in a very you know Western sanitized way. Like it wasn't something that you know just spontaneously broke out. Like while you know if if they had gone into a dance sequence when Jasmine took the bread. And everyone was involved, yeah. And they were telling the story bit, yeah. through. Yeah, that would have been par par for the course, you know, one to one Bollywood. But you know, the way that they were dancing, what they were wearing when they were dancing, and everything definitely hearkened towards that, which I, you know, I think was respectful. Um, and you know, again, like that perfect balance of charming and cheesy, which I, you know, it's kind of the movie uh, as a whole. And I actually was, um just remembered that when you said the thing about you know this is a child children's movie made for children you have to think about how they're experiencing it uh when i was walking out of the movie 
uh, one of the kids that was in there said something to his mom because uh, he was like, was that the genie at the beginning of the movie? And his mom, you know, to her eternal credit, probably was like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? And he goes, I don't think that was the genie. I think that's just the guy who put himself in the story and he wanted to be cool in the story. So that's why he looked like the genie throughout the movie. And I was just like, holy shit. That is a I just really cool it. insight. Holy crap. And I was just like, you know, it's it's just really interesting that when you're not, you know, constrained by like beats that you're used to and normal storytelling techniques that you've kind of just been hit over the head for with like, you know, for ever, however many number of decades that when you're just kind of experiencing it from your own point of view, that you can come up with something wildly different than what people probably intended. So I just thought that was really, really cool oh my uh, thing that this little random child said. I was going to say, like, when you were like, oh, and the little kid said, I don't think so. I was going to say, well, he's an idiot, but now that little boy is the president. <laughs> because that's so way cooler than I would. I would never have thought that. Like, <laughs> Even, like, the first time I watched Aladdin, I would have never thought of that. Right. As it's really cool. And, I, you know, just overall, like, besides the <laughs> fucking DJ Khaled's outro song uh, yeah. uh, at, the, at the end, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I'd recommend people seeing it, especially if you, if you like the original Aladdin. You know, this, is, well, this will not in any way damage your enjoyment yeah, of that prior movie. It's not like your childhood movie. is going to be ruined or anything. Right. Um, and I think even if you don't remember Aladdin, like some people here, uh, you're going to like it. Like, it's it's a fun <laughs> movie. It is a fun movie to watch overall. Awesome. Um, I don't know if I yeah. would pay to see it again. Yeah, uh, same. But I will be. But I'm okay with what I paid the first time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Disney Plus is coming out, so... You're going to have plenty of chances to look at it behind the scenes, I'm sure. But There you go. Yeah, for sure. All right, you ready for the Maelstrom? Oh, yeah. Let's uh, let's do the theme. Boom. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this playing it right now. Very excited for it to have made its return. Um, I'm going to go through uh, what I'm a little segment I'm going to call Kylie's Corner. Uh, this is a person that I see a lot of the movies with here, and also a very close friend of mine. So shouts to Kylie. Uh, her thoughts on this is she liked all the songs, even though some of them seem to be a bit too hip. But if you've got Will Smith in the movie, might as well hip it up. Uh, she's very salty about the DJ Khaled during the credits, so we have that in common. Uh, casting wardrobe and most of the acting was pretty on point. Uh, writing left a little bit to be desired. She brings up that Jasmine at one point uh, clearly caught on that Prince Ali was Aladdin. Uh, you know, the whole, oh, is that a boo down there trick? Very similar to what happened with uh, the animated film. But <laughs> then later in the movie, when Jafar reveals that it's Aladdin, she's still shocked. Uh, so <laughs> that, that could have used a little bit of script doctor action. Um, and she was actually not a huge fan of the scene for Drod's uh, line reading because it was a little bit ridiculous like they were make almost like they were making fun of her character so why add her in if you were gonna make fun of it like the you know oh we're gonna get married and have two children and live our life sailing blah 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 like that you know almost um like uh asperger's response like it was like very much like a no filter straight through but it seemed to only happen when she was talking to genie when she talked to jasmine it seemed like that wasn't there so 
I totally see where she's yeah, coming from. Yeah, because with that. when she's with Genie, she can be her true self because she is in love. <laughs> or I don't, Immediately. I don't know. I don't know how Immediately in love. Work. I don't know how love works. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's what you do. But yeah, there there's uh, some info from Kylie's Corner. So boom, there you go. Paid segment brought to you by KFC. Yeah. Um, sponsor us again, KFC. Yes. Uh, so you said you saw John Wick 3, right? I did. Yes. What you, what'd you think of that? I felt like I wanted to punch something. It was so <laughs> cool. Um, you got hype from it? I did. Like, I didn't... I... <laughs> Alright. I committed a sin. I didn't watch the other two movies, uh, but due to circumstances beyond my control, I had to see this one. <laughs> and I, I fucking loved it. It was... The so choreography... Uh, like, John... Like, Keanu Reeves kills a man by slapping a horse multiple yes. times i think yeah he does it twice yeah yeah like, it's so it's great like a guy gets kicked in the face by a horse because keanu reeves slapped it and i was like all right this is worth the price of admission alone uh right knife fight in the hallway pretty much every yes. fight uh brawn with a horrible accent <laughs> yeah, it was so i was bad. like oh god i hope he oh dies. man um dogs being better at choreography than like humans could ever hope to be right uh halle berry and then the my favorite scene was probably the ballet scene. Oh yeah, that was really cool. Like the whole movie was just like without even knowing anything about the series, like it's just a visual spectacle and it's fantastic. Twenty two mm-hmm. out of ten, highly recommended. Go see it. <laughs> Can't recommend it yes. enough. Yeah. And how about um, you? I know you. I know you. I, well, I loved it as well. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Mr. Wick fan. Um, you know, I remember seeing the first one at like the uh, like the science museum in Seattle or something, like just on a whim. It's like, oh, it's Keanu. I'll go see his Keanu. I love Keanu, and I was just shocked by not knowing anything about the first movie and then seeing it and just experiencing it. And once they started, you know, making it very clear that it was going to be a series, I was one hundred percent on board immediately, and uh, I have not been disappointed since. I guess the only quibble I have with it is that towards the end, when like shit was really starting to go down, uh, it became clear that there was going to be a fourth one, uh, so there wasn't going to be as much resolution in this one as I was maybe hoping for, because uh, I'm you know programmed for trilogies, so I thought, oh well, you know maybe he'll be able to retire, but no, we, we're probably going to have John Wick's as long as Keanu can you know will his body to do yeah, the things I that think, it needs uh, to do. I, I wasn't expecting closure because I saw it after. Like they had announced that they were gonna make a fourth one, so I was like, oh, oh, "All right." Well, and plus, like the go. title alone, I was like, "Oh, Parabellum, prepare for war." Like, you know, that usually yep. implies that there's gonna be another one. Like, yep. like War of the Planet of the Apes. How many Planet of the Apes <laughs> right. movies are there? Uh, uh, the new ones are they have a trilogy, and it's supposed to have ended, but who knows? Okay, I, I don't know, but I know I loved it. Uh, you also saw Booksmart. How was that? Yes, Booksmart is incredible. Cannot recommend it enough. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Definitely one of the best movies of the year. Um, Olivia Wilde's first direct, you know, her directorial debut uh, couldn't have gone any better. Uh, I know that it's like came out at a very difficult time with a lot of, you know, came out right the same day as Aladdin and everything. So that's going to be tough to begin with. It's still, you know, at the end of the wave of Avengers. Um, John Wick as well. Uh, a lot of stuff to compete against, but it's really, really worth seeing. It's the type of movie that I think, 
you know, as much as it has earned uh, the, all of the plots that I just gave it, um, it also, by the nature of who it's made by, who it's made for, what it's made about, deserves attention because these are the type of things that have to make a certain amount of money to ever get made again. And it's just like, it would be great. This is probably going to be a, you know, high school comedy classic for, you know, time in memoriam. Like super bad, but, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's the type of thing that it has so much, like, I think that's what most people say is like, it's super bad with girls. Um, that's a quick, easy pitch to try and get people in, involved in it. But it has so much more heart uh, the characters are so much more enjoyable while while still being funny, like you know, not basically just dick joke, dick joke machines. Um, and what's great about it is it kind of has a more like '70s era uh, high school comedy feel about it because like it has more of like a Fast Time at Ridgemont's High type feel because all of these characters, these side characters, these ancillary characters are fully fleshed out and enjoyable and don't detract from the story in any way like billy lord is in this movie like carrie fisher's daughter you know she yeah, people will probably recognize her from the recent star wars movies and everything she's been in a decent amount of stuff i had no idea that she was in it before seeing her i did not know it was her either i just thought it was a really cool character and then about halfway through i realized that it was billy lord and was completely 100 percent like i want a shirt with this girl's face on it this is one of the greatest characters that's ever been created. She's so weird. She's so cool. I love it. And just, you know, everything about the movie. The soundtrack is incredible. The chemistry between the two leads is incredible. It definitely deserves to be seen. So, like, do you think it's going to be kind of like... <clears throat> I don't want to make the comparison because it is a dumb comparison, but I'm going to. Uh, Anchorman, in that it might not do that well in theaters, but it's going to be like... It's going to pick up and like it's gonna yeah. be more popular over time than it might be now i definitely think that it's you know like whether it, i guess you kind of judge that by like you know it's the reaction that people have to it on streaming services it's not really you know a big dvd blu-ray market as there used to be uh but i definitely think that it's gotten near universal cri- uh praise from like critics and fans it just you know unfortunately doesn't have the uh, monetary backing for it but i mean if you think about it we had something like that really recently with into the spider-verse where i mean that's one of the best movies that's ever been made ever uh and it didn't i think it made less than 300 million uh which for a movie like that is kind of shocking uh Wait, really? but you know yeah I, I thought it was like way bigger than that it won nope, an oscar it was it was yeah, it, I know, and that's the thing. That's what's crazy about it. So I think that there is there is a space for these movies that have that critical uh, and public praise that don't necessarily translate that into box office money, uh, but hopefully will continue to provide an opportunity for people that don't get opportunities to make movies like this, to continue to make movies like this. Um, it doesn't hurt, you know... It's, it's very difficult to say if a movie like this would have got made uh, if it wasn't Olivia Wilde, who was the director. If this was another uh, female first-time director, it might have not got off the ground at all. So having her that, you know, previous star power and, you know, clout and everything definitely helped. Uh, but it just goes to show that when even when you have the same kind of 
tried and true time tested formula that when it's presented to you from a different perspective that it can be completely revitalized which is what i think it did okay so uh you liked it yes yeah. <laughs> um, in fever words yeah, for sure what, what else yeah. is in theater there was something else i wanted to see um oh you know what it wasn't it's not in theaters yet but i'm going to see child's play yes it looks so delightfully I, awful and i need to see yes it. i love aubrey plaza yes. I love Mark Hamill. Um, I just think that it's going to be like, like you said, just kind of really cheesy, probably like some really dumb, scary stuff. And I, you know, yeah, that's I, I'm totally fine with I you know, spending 10 bucks to have that. Because like, um, I guess they didn't get in touch with like Jennifer Tilly or like any of the other people who are like in the original like uh-huh. movies. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a dick thing to do. But right. I mean, I I love Mark Hamill and Aubrey Plaza so much that I kind of have to see it. Right. And I think Mark Hamill is going to do a great job because he does a great job in everything. But yes, like it just looks so bad that I need to see it. <laughs> uh, um, I can't. I know I've got some other stuff. You know, there's summer is going to be pretty good for like for releases. I'm trying to think what's coming up well, next. Uh, Spider Man. It's coming back. Yes, very true. Um, Dark Phoenix is coming. Yeah. Right? Kind of. Um, I'm out on Dark Phoenix. I, like, not that I'm like, come on, I'm gonna see it, but I'm not. I'm not hyped for it. Super. But stoked. I'm like, yeah. Oh well, I love oh. Sophie Turner. I want to see Sansa yes. again. She's incredible. Um, you know what I did see? I saw Brightburn. Oh, how over was this that? last weekend? Uh, it was fun. I liked it. Um, it definitely was the type of thing where uh, the this idea that they were going for of like, oh, what if Superman was a psycho? Um, you know, I, I like the premise and they did it really well. There was a lot of like, you know, it was really horrifying at times. Um, and then re- kind of, I'm not sure how I felt about, uh, what's her name? Um, I'm really bad with names today. Yeah, normally uh, I'm the one that doesn't know names, so. The guy, the guy that was uh, Pam's husband uh, in the off or uh, fiance in the office before Jim. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's I don't know David Denman or something like that. Um, and then Elizabeth Banks, who has you know generally been in kind of more comedic movies. Um, I don't think that they were right for the leads. Think I feel like they had too much of a comedic tone, which is not shocking considering that it wasn't James Gunn, but it was his brothers and cousins that wrote this movie. He was only a producer. Oh, uh, uh, so you know, there's a a balancing act between comedy and you know terror uh, in almost everything that James Gunn does. Um, so I get that, uh, but I don't think that them being cast in that role helped. Uh, to kind of even out that balance between comedy and horror. Uh, but still, ultimately, I think that if they had found a way to actually have a Superman, mo- like a legitimate Superman movie that was like this, it would have been more effective because it's kind of the thing where it's just like, if you're pitching something as something, but it ends up being something else, maybe you should just go with what you're pitching it as because that would actually work better. Um, but you know, it was still fun. I wouldn't recommend anyone seeing it in theaters though. I'd be like, just wait till it comes oh, out and really? watch it then. 
Yeah. Well, that's a that's a shame. Yeah, it's a bummer. Oh, but that's it for the maelstrom, and now we're gonna wrap it up. So, Anthony, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dip Draw Stuff. Uh, right now, I'm working on a commission for. I'm, I'm gonna name drop him a wedding gift for Sean Gunn, apparently. So oh. yeah, that's uh that's fun. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Anthapalma, just my name. Uh, now that Game of Thrones is over, I don't have much to tweet about. So, <laughs> you know, just find me on Instagram. You message me, get some art done. I'll doodle for you, whatever. Uh, and how about you, Frankie? Where can we find you? Oh, you can always find me on uh, Geekstrom, kind of. Uh, I'm actually starting to think about doing some YouTube content here soon. Ooh, we uh, should. Just kind of like a... We should, like, live stream. Like, yeah, these. like some kind of you know these or like weekend review or something like that so keep an eye out on that i need to be a little bit more active on that uh but we'll see uh, and i'll always on my regular twitter where it's kind of like everything that i talk about just kind of on here just spews out in different ways through there uh like i went back to back with um uh saying something about uh all of these uh, studios and everything uh, threatening to pull out of filming in Georgia because of the uh, ridiculousness that's going on with the abortion ban there. Um, and then I think right after that said something about uh, these art prints that I got from a person that's on Twitter named Kami. Uh, K-A-M-I. And there are these uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It's funny that we oh, brought that up. Oh, I saw those. Yeah. yeah, there's like the those like kind of hologram things that you would get when you're a kid, where if you if you're looking at it from one angle versus another, it changes how it looks. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so you get yeah, a wide range of topics there. Yeah, actually, um, you know, speaking of like Spider Verse art, um, Alice Zhang. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, nope. She recently did a book. Uh, I think it's like you could buy it at like Target called The Power of Girls, and it's like an art book of all the women in Marvel. Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, but she she recently did, uh, like, two Spider-Verse prints, and I really want them. Like, she also cool. did, like, a couple of Game of Thrones ones, too, that I'm trying to buy, but, like, Spider-Verse art. And I'll probably be promoting the hell out of her on Twitter, too. Yes, so please. Follow me just for that. Please do. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and, yeah, uh, big in Germany, so Hello, if your German you? friends have any <laughs> questions for us or ideas for topics uh feel free to leave them in the comment section uh and yeah if you can subscribe rate review do all that stuff you know all the normal yeah, podcast outro stuff review, by the way five stars every time <laughs> five stars Woo! Just, all right yeah. all right thanks guys all right bye Later.